Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. All right. Well, listen, well, we're in a series, and uh, the series we're in right now is, is still the armor of God. And we're taking a couple of weeks to do this through prayer, and uh, I'll start this off out of Ephesians. So if you want to turn to Ephesians 6, we're going to read that, read some more scriptures as well. But uh, we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 6. So if you want to click over there, use the app, use your Bible, whatever you want to do. Hopefully you've taken the time now, you've seen it enough where you, you have marked it or you've got to highlight it. I don't know how you use whatever you use when you come to church anymore. Um, I, when I go other places, I use my phone Bible, my Bible on my phone. Because uh, it's easier and I'm traveling, whatever else like that. But if I'm in church, I, I don't know, I'm still weird. When I read, even at home, or I'm reading in the office, whatever, I, I, I like paper. My oldest daughter is the same way. I try to do ebooks and I buy them, and I never hardly ever read them. I still go back to the paper. I wish they would give you a way to where you could buy uh, the paper book and then it automatically just gave you an ebook. Right? That, that should just be a simple thing, you know? Like, I'll just do that instead of make you pay for it twice. Anyway, that's a side note, but I, I just do, I'm weird like that, I like paper. So Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, we're going to start here, we're going to read this, and then we'll uh, begin the process here of, of breaking down a little more in prayer. So Ephesians 6 and verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God, so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. That's the wileys, kind of if you remember as a kid watching the coyote and the roadrunner, his name was Wild E. Coyote, you know, that took a lot of creativity there. Wild E coyote, but it was the wiles. The it's a it is a trickery or the deception of the devil, because our struggle, he says, is not against flesh and blood. Now it's very important to understand: you're not fighting against people, although people come against you. It's the strangest since I've been preaching. It's a strange thing. Pastor Victor just told me yesterday um, someone had threatened him physically twice, and uh, he said, "Pastor, it's the crazy." He said, "I had no idea what." Both of us in this series, have it's the oddest thing. But the thing is, you're not fighting against flesh and blood, though you want to retaliate. And, you know, don't get me wrong, unless I just, you know, I'm going to stand there. I just, like I said, I, I don't, when Jesus said, turn the other cheek, I, I don't know how I can respond. I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't know that I can do that scripture. I'm not sure my faith is at that place. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm sorry, but I don't know what you're looking for in a pastor. But if you hit me, I'm probably going to hit back. I'm not going to. You know, oh, well, in Jesus' name, be blessed. I, I just, I'm not wired that way. And I try ask the Lord, how do you do that? Anyway, uh, that's a whole conversation of the time. But you're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And I said this before, but again, there are principalities. Let me just say this. In your city, there's principalities that, that war against you, different kinds of demons. And, and I'm not trying to be ooky spooky, but... Uh, you know, it's real. And just as much as that's real, just remember this, that two-thirds, there's two-thirds more uh, of them than there are of the enemy. So there may be evil spirits and demons out there working against you. Just understand this, the Lord has two-thirds more angels warring for you. So don't be, don't be worried about them, but understand um, that they are real. Like our pastor would say it this way. He says, listen, take this seriously, but don't take it too seriously. You understand what that means? Like, Take it seriously. They're trying to come against you, but don't take it so serious you're freaking out over every time you go in a door. It's not that you have more with you than are against you. You have everything that you need to overcome, but just don't let them fool you because they are there. And not only are they there in a city, they're also in different parts of the city. So if you live in the north side of Rome, 
the south side, east side, west side, wherever part you live in, understand there's different things going on in different parts of the city. So think, well, I don't live in this part of the city, so I have to deal with that. Yeah, but you got your own thing in your city. I assure you, you do. It's there. You may not see it, but I'm telling you, it's there. So don't be deceived by it. So he says this, you're not worrying against flesh and blood, but against evil spirits. Verse 13, therefore, because of this, take up the whole armor of God, or the full armor of God, so that you might be able to stand firm in the evil day, or resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. These are the different parts of the armor. And I would encourage you to go and listen to these. Uh, uh, Pastor Haley did some. Pastor Ronnie did some. Um, There are... Different pieces to this armor, but here's the six pieces that Paul lists. The belt of truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition, all these things take up the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench, uh, the fi- extinguish all the flaming ar- arrows of the evil one. Um, in verse 17, and take upon yourself the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that's six pieces of armor he gave. Here's the seventh. And I've already said this, but in case you met, the seventh is prayer. And he says, verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Now, um, when he says this, everyone in the Roman Empire, when you read this at the church at Ephesus, they were cultured in the Roman government. They would have known when he said, and take up and pray. That was the seventh piece of armor. And I did this last week, a couple weeks, I'm not getting all the details today, but it was the Roman spear. It would have been just assumed and known in their culture. And there are different types of prayers, though, just like there are different types of spears in the Roman arsenal. Some would throw, some would stop, some would be a war, you'd stick it in the ground against a horse that was charging. There are different types of spears and pikes and, and javelins and whatever. What he was saying was there are different types of prayer. Don't get stuck on one thing. Utilize the tool that God has given you for what you need. For instance, if you're in great need right now, well, you, it may not be that you might need to pray a prayer of consecration, which we talked about in a couple of weeks prior to, but maybe it's just a, a, maybe that you need to just come before the Lord and, you know, consecrate yourself before the Lord may be true. But maybe you need to get somebody just to agree with you in prayer that God would meet your needs. Maybe it's not a consecration issue at all. You've done that. You've said, Lord, I surrender everything to you. I get, You've done that. You know, okay, so just you need to just trust the Lord and get someone to agree with you in prayer then. But don't keep going back to God over and over and over again with the same thing because Jesus said by your repetition and vain speaking, you're not going to be heard. You, there is a place of faith where we trust the Lord. Like you just trust God. I've prayed. I've asked the Lord. That's it. Now we'll talk about today what you do next, but when I pray, I'm not going to keep going back to the Lord again. Well, God, I hope you heard me. No, I know you heard me. Because Jesus said, I know you hear me when I pray. When I pray, I know he hears me when I pray. So I don't keep going back to him and asking over and over again from a standpoint of, I don't know if he hears me. I know he hears me. But I'm going to keep going back with something else, which we're going to talk about today. Okay, but there are different types of prayer. And the seventh piece of armor, God, again, I said this, because seven is a very unique number in Scripture. It's a very divine number. It is not something that was just put in the Bible for uh, just a you know, coincidence, trust me, the number seven is all throughout your scriptures for a reason. I'm going to tell you something today that's a little interesting to me. I was telling Haley about this, um, and I don't know if uh, if it's going to be like, oh, she told me I was a little deep on this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, um, which is funny because she's the deep one in the family. Let's just be honest. All of our kids know it. When she says something, all the kids go like, mom, that's deep. Like, you're just, that's deep, mom. I mean, she knows stuff, and she's very, very good at the Bible, in teaching Bible, and knows different things, and she has a great understanding of stuff, but the kids go like, Mom, where, 
that's deep, man. So when I said this to her, she texts me and goes like, now who's the deep one? I'm like, <laughs> she's picking on me, man. But anyway, so the number seven is a very unique number. Uh, the number seven, it is divine. It's stamped by God. Six, the, the number six is of a man. If you look at scripture, that's why the people talk, the mark of the beast is what? It's the number of a man multiplied over and over. If you look at six, six days the Lord created the heavens and the earth. On the sixth day, man was created. The seventh day, though, the Lord sanctified it. He separated it, and he said, this shall be a day of rest unto me. He rested on the seventh day, as an example to us, to rest. It is a divine thing. That's why every week, the seventh thing that you follow, there is even in the culture of the world, there are seven days in a week, no matter what culture you're from. That's of the Lord. Even if they don't like it, change the calendar all you want, we're still going to run on a seven-day cycle. Seven is the number of God, if you will. So the funny thing is, um, as you all most know, if you didn't know about this week, but one of the most significant uh, things, I told you this a couple of weeks ago, if Roe v. Wade was overturned, it would be something unique, not just because it was done by the Supreme Court and, and because now abortion would be uh, you know, outlawed, so to speak, but it does something in the, in the spiritual that people don't even, we're not, you're probably not even aware of yet. Because it hasn't, we haven't seen the effects of all this just yet. But I'm telling you what, that right there, I don't believe the Lord judges nations from the standpoint of what we see and talk about so much in our culture. It's because a lot of it's cultural conversations. We disagree with something, immorality or something like that. We say, oh, God's going to do this to a city. I, I understand where people come from, but I'm just telling you, there is the thing where the hand of the Lord is no longer on something. And it does affect a nation. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to see the difference. The states that approve this and say they're going to keep doing it, watch and see what happens. It's like the tribes of Israel. When the ones would follow God and the ones wouldn't, they got into messes. Now, it might affect some, but I'm going to tell you right now, and that's why you need to pray for this state, because just because they overturned it doesn't mean Georgia is yet a part of that. So just understand, our state, and we have to, you you ought to email and send it to your legislators right now and just overwhelm them. I mean, one of them is a pastor. If he's a man of God, I'm just saying, if he's a man of God, then he ought to support this and go with it. If he's not a man of God, I'm just going to call it out. He's a false prophet. Now, you may not like that. You say, we're getting into politics. No, I'm not. The prophets would call out against the kings of Israel all the time. I'm not calling myself or deeming myself a prophet. I'm just telling you the truth about it. If you're a man of God... If you're a woman of God, you would recognize this for what it is and not be afraid of it. And so it's easy to look at, I'm just telling you, it's easy for, to look at people on the platform and say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm telling you, when the real world gets out there and they come after you, it's a whole different ballgame, isn't it? Yeah. It is. But my point is, so when the hand of the Lord is saying, well, all right, that's what you want to go, my hands are off. But the moment a nation says, we no longer will participate in immorality or ungodliness, as a nation... What that just did was the hand of the Lord just went and said, okay, I can bless some things. Now you watch and see, watch and see, mark my words on it. The state's it, and that's why you got to pray for this and against our state and for our state because right now we're the new California. And I don't mean it because of a state, I mean Hollywood. We got movies being made in Rome, which I'm fine for this. I'm glad for it. It's great for our state. But you have to be careful because what comes with that is that spirit that's over Hollywood is they want to change and make the culture here the same way. 
Because Georgia gives massive tax incentives to movie makers, which I'm fine with. I'm glad. My kids think it's so cool. Our city's on a, on a movie. Dad, whoa, there's a Black Widow. Our, ah! They think it's so cool, and I'm fine with that. It's great. It's great for the economy. It's great for the state. So long as our state doesn't bow down to that stuff from Hollywood. So you need to, I'm just telling you right now, your state is not yet converted over and said, we'll be a part of this and say, we'll uphold the Supreme Court's decision. We're not on the map in that color yet. So you need to pray and also send into your senators and your, your, your representatives to say, look, I, am, I want you to vote. I want you guys to establish this as a state of Georgia, that we are supporting this and saying we're going to be a state aligned with what the Supreme Court says. You say, well, I don't get into that. Well, this is your chance. All the Christians always tell me, well, you need to stand up. Well, here's your stand. You want us to talk about it, put something on paper and send it in. Well, I don't know how. Figure it out. It's called Google. You can Google everything else. You can figure out how to, you know, recreate a lawnmower online with YouTube. You can do all that. You can figure this out. It's not hard, okay? Anyway, I say that because do you realize when Roe v. Wade was established, it was in 1973. This is the 49th. This is seven sevens this year. You don't think that's divine? Do you know what happened to Israel when the seventh year took place? Let me read this to you. In Leviticus chapter 25. This might be like, well, I don't know. I know. It. Maybe. My wife said it's deep. Okay, I know. I get it. I get it. It's a little bit deep. But it's just something that's, if I hadn't been doing this series, I might have even noticed it. But Leviticus 25 verse 2 says, Speaking to the sons of Israel and saying to them, When you come into the land which I shall give you, understand this. This is why we are one nation under God. If we would... St- Understand this and stop listening to the culture, especially the people in the media, because I swear they will tell you that no one believes in this, and it is not true. I watched a few little clips to see what people would say, and I dare you to say, 10 to 1, they gave one pro-life person to talk about it, versus all their, oh, it's our, our, co- our company's going to be going under, uh, it's a dark day, I mean, all this, yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought to myself, man, I bet every baby that gets to be born, I bet they don't feel that way. You know, one's probably going to cure cancer. You ever thought about that? I mean, why? Not? Anyway, that's a whole separate thing. But this is the, the Lord gave this to a group of immigrants. So if you're in here, no matter where you're from, the Lord has blessed this land, not for a bunch of white Europeans, like they say. This is a land of immigrants. Everybody that's in here, your family came in here some way, either through a boat, an airplane, or some other way. If you look at Ellis Island, the majority of the Europeans that came through there were treated very harshly. This is nothing new in this country. But understand this. The Lord opened this door for this nation. And if the Lord gave it to you, that's why Israel parallels the United States so much. There is no way a country is created like ours unless the Lord puts his hand on it. We have done more for missions around the world than any other nation. There's no religion that has come close to the amount of money and sending out as America. We have done more to evangelize the world as a nation than any other country. That's divine. No other nation has in God we trust on their money. It's an amazing divine thing. So when the Lord gives you something, understand what he's saying. When the Lord gives you the land, then the Lord says this, then the land shall have a Sabbath unto the Lord. For six years, watch this. For six years you can sow your fields and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its crop. But watch this. During the seventh year, the land shall have a Sabbath rest and a Sabbath unto the Lord. You shall not sow your field nor prune your vineyard. What that means is you can eat from it, 
But he means do not try to extract a profit that is so high and great you're running your company all the time. It means give the land a season to rest. That's every seven years you're supposed to do that. This just so happens to be one of those seven years. I didn't know any of this stuff. And the Lord, the Lord earlier in the year gave me this. I didn't know how to explain it. I've tried to explain it to my elder staff, my wife. It's hard sometimes to explain what God put in your heart. It's just not easy to put in terms sometimes. But when the Lord told me earlier this year, I want you to rest the fields. I want you to rest the church. I, I have turned down more unique things we could do. I just had to do a thing with our staff. We were talking about doing an out. We were trying to think some ways of how to you know, reach out and stuff. And I just, I was all in and we were doing it. And all of a sudden the Lord prompted me. And it was like, no, I told you to stop. And that may seem odd to you. Well, we're supposed to evangelize. We're supposed to... Yeah, better to obey the Lord than it is to sacrifice. And in the seventh year, I'm just telling you, there's a hand of the Lord on some things. And maybe we don't do anything this year, but preach God's word, pray and seek the Lord's face. That's okay because in the next year, the Lord provides in unique ways that you can't even understand. He goes on to say this, so watch this. In the seventh year, he said in verse 8, watch this. You're also to count off seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years, so that you have the time of the seven Sabbaths of years. That's 49 years. That is this year, by the way. If you are looking at me right now and thinking, I think you, that's coincidence, I'm telling you, you have overlooked the mighty hand of God in this. If you think it's some political persuasion and unique thing that just took place, I'm telling you, the devil is, he's working on your head and you need to open up your eyes and see the hand of the Lord and what's going on. In my wildest imagination, I pray that this would happen. I, looking back, I, I, it, if you don't think it's God watching what just took place and look at the people he used. Just saying, and don't don't look at vessels and always think, well, they got to be perfect. God worked through Nebuchadnezzar; He can work through others. I, I'm, I, it's 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 just the hand of God. And He goes on to say this. He says, "This is the most unique." I want you to make sure you catch this part. He says in this forty nine years, verse nine: "You shall then sound a ram's horn abroad on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement. You shall sound a horn all throughout your land." That's towards the end of this year. They have atonement. Now watch this. He says in verse 10, you shall therefore consecrate the 50th year. That means the next year that's coming up, 2023, it, you shall consecrate that year. Set it aside. And watch what he says. And proclaim, this is amazing, a release through the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his own property, and each of you shall return to his family. It is all about a release. A release. Now, this is not, the time of what just took place, it is not in the calendar of the Israeli jubilee. That's not what this is. I just want you to see seven, 49 years have went by, and this year, an amazing thing just took place. And I'm just telling you, watch what happens next. You watch the hand of God start to begin to move in different ways. A release. It's just, it takes the, the, it takes the darkness. They're talking about this is a dark day. It's, no, it's a liberating day. It is a bright day. It doesn't mean we have less compassion for people. That is not what that means. You should have compassion for people. You don't want to fight with people, but it, a release has just been made. 
It was the hand of the Lord upon it. And I'm just telling you right now, why is it so important? Why do you think the Pharaoh sought to kill all the baby boys? Because he wanted to kill a prophet of God. Why do you think Herod went out to kill the baby boys in Beth and all around the regions? Because he sought to kill what? Jesus, the prophet of God. You don't think why this is going on? Understand what just took place here. That There may have been other people that were called by God. And it doesn't say, if you're in here and if you had an abortion, please understand, this is not a condemnation thing. We all have had made mistakes in our lives. The Lord forgives. The Lord has mercy. It's renewed every single day. Please understand that you'll see your baby in heaven one day. Thank Jesus for that. There's no condemnation in that. But what I'm telling you, spiritually in a land, what just took place, before it even was announced, do you understand this? Before it was announced, it was supposed to be announced at 10, 10 a.m. I'm not trying to be deeper, baby, but I'm just going to say, it says this, that on the 10th day, it says this, of the seventh month, the Day of Atonement, the 10th. They announced it at 10, 10, supposed to. You may not know this. This may be overkill. I don't know. But just go with me today, okay? So I was scheduled that morning. That morning, I had, the Lord just prompted me. I looked over some things. I have some different things that I do on the side. And I, was, I just looked at, I put in my heart, check stuff this morning and be ready to, to unload some stuff. Before this announcement ever occurred, you may not pay attention to this. It may not matter to you all. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Just listen to me a second. The stock market went up over 600 points. And I was going, well, why? Well, why? I'm going to tell you why. Because the Lord knew what was about to take place. And you, it may go back down. I don't know. And it don't matter to me about that. I'm just telling you, the hand of the Lord, if you have a business right now, if you have anything that's been difficult right now, I'm just telling you, you ought to pray and thank God for a release this year and next year. Lord, I thank you that in Jesus' name, you just bless abundantly whatever you've got your hand put to right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm serious. You may think, well, I don't know about all that. Well, that's fine. You can, I don't know all you want to. I'm going to enjoy the blessing of the Lord. I'm going to pray and ask God, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to move in our nation even mightier. So what does it have to do with prayer? Well, the seventh thing, the seventh is always special to God. It's always divine. And so I'm going to finish up today with these. And this won't take very long, so that's why I took some time on this. I just thought you should know that I was going to get a little deep. My wife's going to be happy. It may not happen again for a while. I don't know. But anyway, there you go, okay? Let me give you these six prayers real quick, and then we'll we'll talk about these these today. All right, these are the six prayers that the Lord gives. There's the prayer of consecration. And I've already talked about these, so you can go back and listen to them. The prayer of consecration. There's the prayer of petition before the Lord. There's the prayer of authority and the prayer of agreement. Today I'm going to hit these two, the prayer of commitment and the prayer of thanksgiving. So, and understand this, uh, it's very important that you're not fighting against people. That's why you can do what you want to, but that's why I said last week what I did. Now, isn't it funny how, wouldn't it seem like the devil wants you to get so angry at people and what's going on in our city? No one saw what was coming. That's why you can't get in brought down to his level. He will get you focused on things. You may not see what the Lord is actually doing. He'll get you distracted on stuff that's not even of him. Just so you cannot pray about what he's actually wanting to do. And I just personally believe this is just a first step. If this happened, why couldn't God reverse something else? It'd be a big deal. But I'm just telling you, it'd be a big deal for the nation too. 
be a big deal for our nation. The prayer of commitment, though, when we read this about this, this you could also call this the prayer of release. I did not, I had, you guys, Joey, the, I've had these notes in, in the hopper for like six, seven weeks. I did not know what was going to happen. I did not know I was going to read about Leviticus there too. I had no concept in my mind about the release, the year being a year of release. But when you pray the prayer of commitment, I'm telling you, it is basically a prayer of release. That's what I have in my notes. And why is that so important? Because sometimes you have no ability to fix a situation. And so listen to this in 1 Peter 5 verse 6. He says this, Therefore, this is important as a believer. There are times when this is what you, and this is why that prayer of, if it be thy will, this doesn't fit here. If you know the will of God, you pray for his will. But after you've done that and there's a situation going on and you can't fix it, there are sometimes you just have to pray a prayer of release. And listen to this. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. I could, I'd go somewhere else, but anyway, the hand of the Lord is a very important thing in this. That's why I said what I said about the nation. The hand, please don't overlook this. The hand of the Lord is a big deal in a nation. And it's a big deal in your state as well. It's the hand of the Lord. <clears throat> that he might exalt you at the proper time, casting all of your cares on him or anxieties on him because he cares for you. This is when you pray. This prayer is a prayer when you have limited authority or influence. That's why when you pray right now, the Lord, if there was ever a time as a believer, if you care anything about your children, about your grandchildren, about the future of this nation, if you want to stand, here's where you do it. In the name of Jesus, Father, you moved in this way. Thank you, Lord, for what you did. I'm asking you, God, to move further. He wants to do, listen, exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think according to his will. His will is very clear in the word. Pray and ask the Lord that he would do a mighty work in our nation even further. That he would move in the courts and they would change other rulings that they've made. Why couldn't he do that? But he can, if we pray and ask the Lord, he has something to work with. But as Christians, if you're looking for a protest, that's fine if you want to do it. But I'm just telling you, the power of God moves in prayer, not in protests. I've already tried to figure that out. Look, I've already got pulled in that mess before. I tried to help somebody, try to do this because I thought, you know, try because it's sensitivity to everything and blah, 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 blah. And every single time it backfires on me. Every single time. So I've just relegated to this. I can't fix that. I don't have the power to fix this situation. I can't help that situation. It's beyond my control. So what can I do? I can pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to move, Lord. It's out of my control. If you got a kid right now outside of Christ and they're outside of your house, I ain't talking about Junior that's four years old. You got control of him and her. And listen, I know I got a teenager. I got two now. And every now and then they do. It's like a, you, you, I almost had to hold Haley back one day. Like, just baby, just, just, just stay there, honey. You just, and I'm like, what did you say? I'm like, are you, you're talking to your mama. You know, you get crazy. I'm like, hold on. I get to. Then she jumps in like, you sit down. Okay, I'm going to sit down a minute. I'm going to calm down. But it's cool. We've worked it out. We get through it. But I know sometimes they, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're under my control. I cut them off. You don't think, oh, I cut everything off. I don't care. I threatened to take a door off a hinge one time with her. I said, but my neck was hurting so bad I couldn't remove the door. So so my threat was useless. So I just looked at her and said, you know, if I wasn't in pain, you'd lose your door right now. You know that? I walked out of there kind of laughing to myself like that went over real well, you know. 
They're under my control. But I just told her today, she was asking me a question. And my grandmother told me a story about my uncle. I don't think he'd care me sharing about this. It's not a big deal. But he wanted a motorcycle growing up. He wanted to, he wanted to ride his motorcycle. She said no. He, I don't know. He's a young guy at the time. Probably, I don't know, 16. I guess he had to be old enough to drive. She said no. He said, why not? She said, because I don't want you to have a motorcycle. Well, he turned 18. When he turned 18, I don't know if he moved out or whatever he did, but he turned 18. So he turned 18. She said, he, you know, he told her, he said, what are we going to say now? I'm going to go get a motorcycle. And she said, well. You're 18. You do what you want to do. I don't want you to have one. Do what you want to do. So he got a motorcycle. And I don't know if it was the first week or something. But anyway, laid that thing down, slid across the ditch. He was fine, thank God. But after that, I think he gave it up for a while. But, but the thing is, once you, my daughter, I was telling her a story. I said, honey, when you get to be a certain age, uh, it's on you. Right now, I'm your guardian. And I'm trying to help you avoid decisions that you're going to regret later on in life. Now, when you get older, I'm hoping I've worked on my job well and you make good decisions. But even in then, you know, we're talking about ear piercings, you know. She, I, I don't like, you know, I can't imagine you sitting there getting an ear done. Oh, I hate going to the doctor for stuff. I can't imagine somebody popping my ears with stuff. But whatever, you know, that's, she, she said, I'm thinking about getting my other ear done thing. I said, like, no. And then she got old enough. Now she's thought her mom maybe doing it. I'm like, whatever. Y'all agree with that. What do you want to do? You turn 18, I don't want you to, but you can pierce everything in your body you want to. I mean, you're a grown person. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? My prayer is that you don't, you know? But your decision. When you get a kid that's outside of your control, they're outside of your house, but they're your child. What do you do? Fight with them all day? You know that ain't going to win. You ain't going to fight and win nothing. You're going to pray this right here, a prayer of commitment. Lord, I come to you today, and I understand I have no control in this situation. You're humbling yourself. They're outside of my covering now, and I can't fix it. So you just humbled yourself. You stopped trying to fix. You can fix them. They're outside of your authority now. You can't. They ain't junior anymore. They're a Mr. or a Mrs. So, Lord, I pray and I ask you, God, to move in their life. God, I give you this care and this anxiety, this concern about my children. It could be about anything else, but I'm making it very personal because I know how, I, I know, I deal with families, I know. Lord, help them. And it may not be next week. And it may not be next year. Look, it took 49 years to overturn this, this court order. It might not happen next year or the next year. But the Bible declares it may be on their deathbed. Do you understand? But you keep praying for them. And the scriptures say, if you train up a child in the way that it should go, when they're old, they won't depart. They know in their heart, pray for them. Stop fighting with them. Give some, some ammunition to the Lord that he can use. He can't use your arguments, but he can use your prayers. You pray and you ask the Lord to move. The next thing he says is, is the prayer of thanksgiving that Paul talks about. Um, or rather, he, it's in Scripture. But this is the, the last prayer, the prayer of thanksgiving. And um, uh, the prayer of thanksgiving is simply what it says. Is it a prayer of giving thanks? It is simply a type of prayer that you offer to, to simply give God thanks and to worship him, which is what we should do. And I'm not trying to make over, I'm not trying to overdo what just happened. I'm just telling you guys, uh, what just took place, you should be thankful to the Lord. If you haven't told him yet, 
Thank you. I, I was sitting in a golf cart at the house. We, I took the day to build garden boxes. Well, behind, I thought I would have had it done earlier. I got behind, you know, while well, I got injured and stuff. And so it really threw off our whole gardening plan. So I'm out there building garden boxes. I'm sweating, pouring sweat. It's early in the morning. It's hot. And I'm listening to uh, a financial network because of what I was making decisions on. I already kind of was doing that. And all of a sudden, they just interrupt the whole thing and declare what just took place. And I'm sitting there listening on my phone. I click on just to see it. I'm in my, and I'm, I'm, I'm literally, is this real? I honestly thought it was a hoax. I'm not making, I, really, I thought it was a hoax because it was supposed to be announced next week. They thought they were going to come out with the small potato stuff. Not that everybody, case, this was a big deal. They came out, they gave first with this. And I, I thought it was a hoax. When I realized it was real, I just stopped what I was doing. And I said, Lord, thank you. God, thank you for moving in our nation. If there was ever a time you wondered, is God still doing stuff? Yeah, maybe you don't feel goosebumps anymore. Okay, whatever. Maybe you don't feel that ooey-ooey feeling from Jesus anymore. Okay, whatever. Give me this any day. If he, give me him moving in the nation like that, overturning stuff. The Bible says, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And if you don't feel like you can rejoice, I'm telling you, if it's not a happy day for you right now, old school preachers say, your wood's wet. You know what I'm saying? You, you ought to be glad today that you're in a nation where they have just declared as a nation, no longer is this permissible. They del- it's a big spiritual deal. And I don't know how to put that in any other words, but you ought to be happy about that. If you're frustrated because your food didn't come out right today, you ought to get over it. You need to be happy and thank Jesus for what just took place. The prayer of thanksgiving is gratitude. And so in Psalm 100 it says, enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. If you come in upset, you ought to be glad by the time that at least the first, second song is done. Change your attitude, right? Because why? I was glad. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you for moving in my nation. In Philippians, Paul says it this way. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known by all men, for the Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. And that might be hard for some of you to do. I understand that. I'm, I'm not a big warrior, but stuff does bug me. I do. There are things that bother me, and I have to give it to the Lord. Wherever you're at, doesn't matter what, if it's a little big, it doesn't matter. If it's a care, it's a care. He said, look, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. How are you going to get rid of anxiousness? How are you going to get rid of worry? Here's how you do it, right here. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And if you do this, the peace of God, which passes all understanding or comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, if you hadn't thanked God yet for what took place, in a moment as we close up today, you ought to thank Jesus. You ought to thank the Lord. And you may think, well, why are you taking such a stand? If we understood the gravity of the decisions that were made 49 years ago and how it has impacted our nation, you go back and look at the timeline of what's taken place. How many weird stuff. Uh, it's always been weird stuff. But I'm just telling you guys, you just mark my words, it'll change stuff. It'll change stuff.
Now look at this. This prayer of thanksgiving, it leads us to our first purpose. And that is this. That we were created by God to worship. To worship him. You were given an opportunity today to worship God. You're given an opportunity every day to worship God. But if you're like me, Jesus told us this would happen. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the overwhelming things that come at you, it will take away the seed which has been sown in your heart. You cannot allow this world to get you down. It will do everything it can. It'll tell you there's no hope. It'll tell you it's never going to change. It'll tell you this is the way it's going to be for your kids. Listen, I understand. I told Haley today, my kids, they're, they're freaking out because I'm like, I'm about to pull the plug on Disney if they don't stop it. I've already had to get, it's to the point now, I have to put a, do you ever think in your mind you'd had to put a password on Disney? I've had to put a, a password because they threw all this junk on there. It's always been there, but I'm just telling you, it's just crazy to see. But I'm going to have to do it probably. You say, well, man, Pastor Jody, that's you know, kind of tough, isn't it? Well, my one child is old enough to understand and go, Dad, that's weird. But my little one's not. She sees it, and she'll be like, oh, I guess that's normal. So therefore, you teach a child that kind of stuff, and they grow up thinking all that stuff's normal, and no wonder why so many people think it's just a normal thing. But it's not normal. And, and my prayer is, listen, I'm not, it's not to harp on something. I'm not on a soapbox or anything else. But you have got to hear me as a parent right now. Parent to parent. Grandparents, listen to me. Hear my heart. If you never hear anything else I say, please hear me. I have watched children grow up in this church. And I have seen them take different paths. I've been doing this long enough now. I have watched them as a baby to a graduate. It is a weird feeling as a dude. I thought I was, and I'm still young, but it's an odd feeling when you see a child graduate that you were holding in your arms in a baby dedication. Uh, Pastor Victor just showed me a picture of their baby girl that I dedicated here before we even did a remodel. And she's now, I, I think she's going to a freshman or eighth grade or whatever. And I'm going, how? Wait a minute, what? His oldest is about to graduate. And then and I'm looking at mine going like, It's a weird feeling, but hear my heart and listen to me. I'm not trying to harp or be on a soapbox, but would you just pay attention to what I'm about to tell you right now as a parent? If your children in your home, are you responsible for children? Listen to me right now. You can bring them to church if you want to. But if all you do is trust what they get here, which is good, but if all they're getting is 30 minutes, and we're going to do the best we can, but understand, junior and little girl, we got to give them goldfish to keep their attention we got to do playing time to keep their attention. They ain't going to just sit there all day like in church. I mean, you're already tired of hearing me talk. You know they are. We got, we, basically, they're probably getting 10 minutes of Bible instruction a week if all you do is trust what they get here. And I thank God what we do. They do a fantastic job. But hear me. Do not delegate the responsibility of a godly home to this church. It is your responsibility 
and it is your anointing and your covering over your home to make sure that you direct your children the way that they should go. Nowhere in the scripture does it say, give them to the church and let them direct them. We, we help partner with you, but I'm telling you, do not think just because you bring them to church, that's going to be enough. You better apply some instruction in the car, in the house. Going, the Bible says, when you go on your way, instruct your children. When you're walking down the road, they did old school stuff. When you're riding on a horse, whatever you want to call it. What, in our case, it's in the car. When you go down the road and your kids ask weird questions, don't ignore them. Answer them. Say, well, let's talk about that. Teach them. Share with them the truth. Do what you have to do because if you just give them what you get here, as great as it is, and I, we would do the best we can, but I'm just telling you, You've got to give your part too. You've got to give your part too. Well, I'm busy. I can't make it all the time. Okay. But 20 years from now, you come back and talk to me. I'm still here 20 years from now. Man, that's a long time. You know, anyway, I'm just it up. If I'm still here, if I'm not, somebody else is here, some young guy's doing it, just understand. uh, What I said is true. My kids, we don't come here because I'm a pastor. I think they think I, you know, I don't know what they think sometimes about, we always go to church. I mean, it's like a little, like a second home for them, it feels like to them sometimes. But the reality is this, you've got to give parental instruction. It's very, very important. And I would start with these basics. Do not allow the culture to indoctrinate you and your children to believe the lies that they're perpetrating. You stand strong in it. It's okay you may get ridiculed, you may be called a bigot, you may be called everything else under the sun. I don't care. I'm not responsible for all those people out there. I'm responsible for them three girls in my house. Are y'all with me? you with me? So if I were you today, I would make a commitment. And I want you to give this opportunity to pray today. This prayer of commitment. While your children in your house, the Bible says about Abraham, he promised him he would bless him. Here's why. Not because he's a smart guy. Not because he was such this, you know, favorable dude. He did it because he said, I know that he will command his household in the way of the Lord. He knew he'd train his children. He would teach them the right ways. Now, they will make their decisions. You cannot, when they turn 18, if they want a motorcycle, they get a motorcycle. But don't stop teaching them what's true. As long as they're in your house and they're young enough, you give it to them, man. And don't apologize for it either. You tell them this is of the Lord and that's not. It's okay. So anyway, um, I think that's all I want to say on, on that. Um, I, want to, I want to pray for you, though. I want to take this time because I just felt like uh, today, giving you an opportunity. I'm doing the same thing with my kids. I'm sitting, like I said, I'm examining stuff that's going on. My children, my responsibility. So what you do me a favor right now, I want you to, to stand to your feet. And in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of these witnesses that are here around you, that's what they would do in their congregations. I mean, if you're able to stand, if you know, I understand, believe me, what I went through, sometimes I get it. Don't, don't feel any pressure, but if you can, if you're not, it's fine. We'll, we'll pray anyway. But you're standing in the congregation or the assembly of God, if you will. And right now, as you're here, if your spouse is with you, I'd like you just to stand beside them really close, hold their hand, whatever you got to do. If you're not married, that's fine. Don't worry about it. If you're a single parent, don't freak out. But if you're here, just, just do what you got to do just to, to connect if you're there. 
If you're not, it's okay. We're going we're gonna to pray. And what I want to do, some of you in here, I know you have children that are they're away from the Lord. I understand that. And understand, I, un, I feel your, your, your hurt when you talk to me about, I, understand, I know it's real. Don't give up on them. Do not give up on them. If your children are in your house, I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to hear my words. Please commit today to direct your children in the way of the Lord. And we'll help you. Look, we'll be here. We'll help you, whatever you need. But you have got to take this time right now and do it. Okay? So I want to pray for you right now. Just, just, would you close your eyes, bow your heads, just right there with you. If you're married, you got kids, single parent, whatever. Um, You have a guardianship over, maybe you have, you know, you're here with a nephew or a niece is here. You're, you're raising children. I don't know, your grandparent raising your children's children. Whatever it is right now, I want you to just let me pray for you, but give that care to the Lord right now just for a moment. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray this prayer of commitment to you right now. Lord, what you did this week was an amazing thing. And Lord, we are very grateful for your moving in our nation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to move more. We ask you to change other things, Lord, that have been done that are not of you. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, for every child that is represented in this room, that is a child of you. We just pray over them right now, Lord, that you would say in Jeremiah, that even before you were born, I formed you, I knew you, before you're ever formed in your mother's womb. In the name of Jesus, you know every child that is represented in this room. And so, Father, we thank you that you would direct them. Every parent in here, would you give them the insight and the wisdom that comes from above, Lord? May they have insight and wisdom that they never even thought of on their own, but, Lord, it came from the Spirit of God, that they could direct their children in the right way. And, Lord, I thank you for it. If there's parents in here, they feel like they didn't do a great job. In Jesus' name, that is just condemnation. Lord, we break that off of them in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to fill them with a spirit of strength, to understand, Lord, that they can pray for their children right now. For kids that have gone astray, they've, they've walked away from the Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, would you resurrect their hearts. Lord, would you cause conviction by the Holy Spirit and talk, cause them to turn back to you again. God, help us as parents to know how to hear from our children, to respond when we need to, to give correction as necessary, and Lord, to have just a listening ear when needed. And Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, would you move in every family in this room? And God, give us that the tools that we need, because every child is different. God, what may help us to see that, Lord. God, may they have ears to hear, may they have eyes to see in Jesus mighty name. Even in a culture and a world that is going in a different direction, I just pray that you'd help us to stand strong and teach our children the ways of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, now I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, if they have walked away from you, they're in this room right now. And more importantly than anything else right now, as a child of God, they do not know you or they have walked away from you. I just pray that you'd open your heart this morning. I pray that they would hear from you. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. This whole church is going to pray with you, but I'm just telling you, I just feel in my heart, there's some of you here today that you feel like you have gone so far, you feel like you have walked away, or you feel like the Lord wouldn't welcome you back on his front porch, and that is not true. As much as you'd welcome your child back into your home, he would welcome you to his. But right now, he just would ask you to trust him in the precious blood of Jesus. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. The whole church is going to pray if you're watching online. 
We're going to lead you in this prayer right now. Just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life and I give you my heart. Dear Jesus, I surrender today to my family, my life, my finances, everything. In Jesus' name, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you, right, church? Give me a hand, would you? It's nice having you up here. You don't have to leave, baby. Nice. I like having you up here. It's nice. She's fine. Well, she's fine like cherry wine. She likes saying that. <laughs> anyway, so uh, before you go today, I want to share a couple things with you. If you prayed that prayer, listen to me. Um, uh, I just feel like it's a new day. Like, you may think, well, what does that matter? I'm just telling you, there are spiritually things that shifted because of one decision. When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And I'm just telling you, I think the Lord's going to do more. Seemingly, if he can do this, he can work in your family too. Come on, right? So before you go, if you pray, amen, that's right. Give the Lord some praise, amen. So if you're watching online right now at connect.cornerstonerome.com, uh, that's how you can get in touch with us. We'd love to help you get started walking with Christ. If you pray that prayer, if you're in this room, the same thing. I'd love to help you get started walking with Christ. We have materials and tools we can give you to help you get started on anything you might need. Just let us know. When you fill that out or in the seat back in front of you, there's a card. Either one of those two, send it in by digital form or you can send it and drop it off in the offering box on your way out the door. So we're going to do something a little bit unique before I let you go today. Uh, let me tell you a couple of things. Uh, three things briefly. Number one, we're going to do something that's a little different. Um, and I just felt like, again, the Lord told us to rest the church. And that's why I felt like the Lord told me, rest the church, rest the fields. That means cease from, from working. That means cease from trying to achieve and do more. And so uh, this week we're going to do something a little different, okay? This Sunday coming up, July 3rd, it's a, it's a unique weekend. You get, if you're off, you get a, an extra day kind of thing. And so we're going to, as a church, is we're going to take a Sunday off. And you may think, why would you do that? Because I'm trying to be obedient to the Lord. I am trying. And for a type A personality, it is not easy. Let me just tell you right now, it is not easy at all. But I'm trying to obey the Lord in this. And here's the other thing I know. It's when that week gets here, you may not even thought about it yet. But when it gets here, the closer it gets, here's what people do. Oh, man, I got extra. I want to do something. I want to just chill out. And what I don't want is to bring on all of our volunteers, all of our teams, and come to church. And yes, we would worship. It's not a like we have to. But I want you to rest. I want our volunteers to rest. I want our teams to just stop. It's just one Sunday. Don't freak out. Many of you probably were going to be going anyway. Let's just be honest, right? I mean, you know, in the sense of fighting against it, it's unique. It don't always happen this way. Next Sunday, you can watch online. They'll be available online. But I want to encourage you to rest. I want to challenge you to just cease and stop. You're going to get a couple extra days. Just enjoy it with your kids. Do something. I don't know. Whatever you do, do what you do. But... We're going to do that. You know, well, man, what about church? Well, it's going to be okay. We made it through a pandemic. We'll make it through July 4th. All right? It's going to be all right. Next Sunday, we'll be back on. All right. So this Sunday coming up is, is online only. So let me say, if we do this, here's what I need from you guys. Because, I mean, most of you give digitally anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I just want to encourage you. Thank you, first of all, for your generosity. But I encourage you, don't forget to be generous to the Lord, even if you're not here. Okay? 
Um, I will do that as well digitally, but it just makes things a lot easier for us. Please don't forget, okay? Uh, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase and, and be, be, be generous to the Lord. I don't talk about it a lot, but there's offering boxes in the back. You can give online. There's all the methods you can give to. It's all online uh, there and offering boxes in the back. Just be generous. And here's why. So I've already saved up. Um, we put back, right now I've got over maybe close to six, but uh, yeah, maybe close to six now, but for the DeHarts, you remember when they were here, they talked about they wanted to finish their ministry center. It was going to take about $15,000, I found out. So I told them, look, I think we can do it. As a church, I just think we can do it. By the end of the year, I told them, I said, I think we can come up with this and we can help you finish your ministry center by the end of this year. Now, I kind of stuck my, I kind of put myself out there a little bit, uh, believing that we're going to be able to do that, right? So y'all with me on that, right? Can we do that? Yeah. All right. So good deal. So here's how we do it. Just be consistent in your generosity as you've been doing, and we'll do it. We'll do it. And I'd like to help him finish that ministry center. And then he has something else come up. So I'm going to be, you know, sharing this with you later. But an opportunity, opportunity just came up to buy a home on the other side of the street, which would be an amazing opportunity for them, for the ministry center to have extra space so that people like us come in, do ministry, there's a place to actually stay. Okay? Two different things going on. This thing just popped up, and he's prayed about it. And he said, Joe, just pray with me. It's $40,000. But it would be the equivalent of a probably $180,000 home here for forty, And it would be an amazing. So he's asking to pray. So I'm asking you to pray about this. I'm not asking you to be on the hook for this part. But unless the Lord says something to you, come talk to me. We'll make it happen. Pray. Pray for this opportunity to come to pass for him. Okay, can we do that? Yeah, good. All right, I think that's uh, all I wanted to say. I think that's it, yeah. All right, yeah, that's it. So next week, it's what? Next week is what? Online, right? Next week is what? Online. But then you coming back to church after that, don't you? They all like go through another pandemic slur and like, I don't know if I'm coming back next week. No, you come back and you bring your children and do all that, all right? So we good? All right, before we go, let me just speak this blessing over you, all right? Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you his peace. Man, God bless you so much. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful day and enjoy next weekend with your family. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.